On today's Moody and 40, we talk about the word legacy. It's a complicated word. What's yours look like right now and where are you headed? Let's talk about it now on Moody and 40. So today I want to talk about the word legacy. Uh, you hear the word used a lot. You know, I want to leave a legacy, this person's legacy. Uh, there's a lot of different tiers of the word legacy, and I think they mean different things. But I think it's important to understand what that word means. You know, when you were a kid, you didn't realize you were doing it, but two things were going on at the same time. You started to establish your legacy and you were constantly examining the legacy that others had left. So as you started to do the things that you do as a child and that evolved into adulthood and maybe it was something you were known for, maybe it was, you know, maybe you were an amazing football player as a kid and that legacy kind of followed you throughout your life as you were the, you know, great football player. Uh, maybe you were a great speller and you won a spelling bee. I mean, it's kind of a weak example, but legacies are something that are brought about and constantly nurtured and made. And usually other people look at them admirably or they look at them from a perspective of, you know, oh, I don't really you know, like what they did there. And you just got better and better at doing something that maybe potentially wasn't all that popular. But at the very least, as we look at that word, as you continue to evolve and you leave childhood and become a young adult, you know, at that point, you typically become a little bit naive or selfish to understand what's going on. But the foundation has been set and that legacy is starting to be built. So typically when we think of the word legacy, you know, you think of people like Albert Einstein or Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, Nelson Mandela, you know, people that went on to be extremely well-known, popular celebrities in their time, uh, had a major finding, did something that people remember. And, you know, that's great. We need those types of people. You know, as Americans in particular, we seem to look at the home run hitters. We look at the people that did major things. But the fact is, you know, there's over 300 million of us living in this country. If you're listening outside of this country, it gets even bigger. We get into the billions. And most of us aren't going to be Albert Einstein, Martin Luther King Jr., Mar Mother Teresa. We're going to ha have our own world that revolves around what we do and our families and the circle of people that we're around every day and the people that we love. So what does that look like? You know, What does a legacy do for you? Uh, are you happy if you were to die today, are you happy with the legacy that you've left? If you are, great. And what is that? What is the legacy that you are going to pass down to others? You know, uh, I'm going to get into how we can leave a legacy or how we can continue to nurture that legacy to build it into something that you want to do. But, you know, the other day I was really touched and, uh, and saddened to hear that Dick Hoyt, the marathon runner, had passed away. And I've always admired 
who he is and what he stands for. You know, being from Massachusetts and uh, Dick being from Massachusetts as well, and his son Rick. Uh, if you if you don't know the story of what they did, basically, you know, to me, even though he ended up getting a lot of celebrity type attention because of what they did. I don't think that's what Dick's intention was at all. You know, back in the 70s, uh, Rick Hoyt, who was diagnosed at birth with severe spastic, uh, basically a quadriplegic, he had cerebral palsy. And, you know, he, Rick and Dick wanted to find a better way to communicate with each other. And so Rick told his dad back in 1977 that he wanted to, run in a road race for a lacrosse player who had been paralyzed and Dick had never run before in his life. I mean, competitively, he was somebody that he had served in the army and then on into the national guard, uh, but not someone that had ever run competitively. So they got into their first race. Dick pushed Rick in a wheelchair in, uh, in 1977, they finished next to last. Now for, I think for a lot of people, that may have been it, you know, okay. My son wanted to run a race. I ran it with him. We finished next to the last. I didn't really enjoy it. That's the end of it. But the thing, the thing that I admire about his legacy, uh, Dix is that he wanted to, his main purpose in doing this was that he wanted kids to be looked at as equals whether they were disabled or, or not disabled or what, whatever the child, your child, you know, the predicament they might find themselves in. He, his main purpose in doing this is that he wanted Rick to be able to communicate with him better. And they wanted to find something that they could do together. And so that set out uh, a career that spanned thousand, you know, over a thousand races. And, they never met a challenge that they couldn't succeed in. I mean, I I ran the Marine Corps Marathon uh, back in 2008, and I did it in about four and a half hours, which, you know, I mean, I finished. It was good. I started to slow down after the 20th mile. I, I picked up pace, you know, finished it off. It was great. I mean, I was happy that I finished. Rick and Dick Hoyt ran their fastest marathon in just over two and a half hours uh, back in 1992. And to me, when I ran that race, I mean, I was in really good shape. I trained for it. I was 29 years old. Rick was in his 50s. I'm sorry, Dick was in his 50s. And then he's pushing Rick along the way. And let me tell you, that course, uh, yeah, it's flat in the beginning stages, but then it gets pretty hilly towards the end. And so... For him to do that uh, and just continuing to get better and better and better, not because he wanted the attention, but because he wanted a better way to communicate with his son. So when you talk about the legacy of a person, you know, I I think his legacy will live on, you know, for as long as as long as humanly possible, as long as people communicate, and especially you know he has a statue outside the Boston Marathon now. Uh, he in running circles, he's known, you know, as a legend. And I mean, just, I, I could probably talk for the next four hours about him, but I'll, I'll give a, a couple more stories that I think were 
were pretty amazing with what he did. And maybe it's something that you need to hear today. And maybe it's something that you've never heard this story and you want to learn more about them. But, you know, uh, Rick brought up to his dad that he really wanted to do the Kona Ironman in Hawaii. Now, having lived out there on that island for a few years, I can tell you when they run that race, it is hot. There is no shield from the sun whatsoever. It is hilly. Uh, I mean, I know people that have run it. It is run, ran, swam, biked. It is brutal. It's the creme de la creme, the toughest race you could do. And Rick wanted to do that race with his dad. And his dad said, okay, we'll find a way to do it. And he pulled his son in a little rubber boat behind him for the swim. And they, uh, he got sick. They didn't finish the swim in time and they were taken off the course. Now, again, most people, I think, in that position would say, hey, we made it here. It was really challenging. Uh, we gave it our best shot. That wasn't good enough for them. The next year, they said, we want to do it again. And this time, they trained harder and faster and stronger, and they did it. And so the theme that I pick up in, in their legacy is that, yes, they went out and did these amazing things. But the two things really that stand out is one, Dick wanted to create a connection with his son where they had something they could do together and communicate better. But two, they never quit. I mean, the amount of grit that came out of these guys doing Ironman twice, uh, they ran all the way across the United States covering over 3,700 miles in 45 days uh, and did that. They didn't quit. Just, I mean, it, it's simply amazing to see this. And they never found a challenge that they couldn't get through. I mean, they were, they planned to run their last Boston Marathon in 2013. And then the marathon bombing happened. So they couldn't finish. And they, they did one more together. So, uh, the next year. So, you know, when you talk about the word legacy, I think that's a great place to start. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's an extreme example, but shouldn't we all be aiming? for some type of extreme example. I mean, we we want, if we could all be the best people that we could possibly be and play the hand that we've been dealt to the best of our ability, I think that's all you could really ask for out of life. I mean, these guys took a situation and they turned it in to a positive. Uh, and again, I don't I don't expect all of us to have the, the name of a, an Albert Einstein or a Mother Teresa, but probably a lot of people listening to this don't know who Dick and Rick Hoyt are either. So, you know, how do we do this? How do we go about and start to think about what that legacy is? You know, you could invent something. Uh, you could be a transformational leader. If you're fortunate enough to have a large amount of money, you could leave a large sum of money to a different institution. But, you know, again, going back to what if we just tried to be the best person that we could be? What if we tried to be that Dick Hoyt that looked at a situation and maybe it looked a little bit dire and said, you know what? I'm not going to feel bad for myself. I'm going to make the best of this and I'm going to work really hard to make that happen. So how do we do that? Uh, the first one I think is, is pretty easy and it's the one that all of us, I think, need to be reminded of on a daily basis. Uh, everyday interactions. You know, people for the most part, are going to judge you and really you're going to hold yourself accountable to this 
how do you operate on a daily basis? When things are going good, you know, there's different ways we can carry ourselves through that. If things are going, if things are going really well for you, you can just stay in your own lane and enjoy it yourself and enjoy it with your family and, and that's it. But, you know, what about the, the journey that it took you to get there? You know, I guarantee for most of us, it wasn't easy. So I think it's important right there in your every, everyday interactions to just remember that, you know, I'm, I'm not saying if, if you're doing extremely well, you have to go give all that back to everybody else. I mean, it comes back to that word rhythm that we've talked about in other podcasts, but you know, just something as simple as holding the door for people, smiling, pay for the person behind you in a drive through line as you pick up your coffee or get lunch or whatever. Do things that make you feel good because you know other people feel great about it. Uh, you know, there's so many people, if you think back through your life, where you could say, hey, th this person made my day a little bit better uh, or this person changed the trajectory of my life. You know, I, I mean, there's extreme examples and then there's subtle examples. But I think that's probably the number one easiest one to do in terms of building that legacy. You know, being I, I would love to be known as the guy that, you know, hey, uh, Chris really made my life a lot happier than without him in it. You know, if, if that's my legacy to somebody, that's great. You know, I, I I'll take that all day long. So see how you could see how you can serve, see how you could be of use to other people you know, put other people, especially family, friends, but even total strangers, put them above you and, you know, and see how that feels. The, the second one is strive to be a mentor. Uh, you know, being a mentor, I think is humbling. Uh, I've done this a number of times, especially from a coaching perspective. I enjoy doing it with, younger teenage type age into early 20s. I think there's a lot of people in that realm that just have no idea who they are, what they are. They might not have had any kind of upbringing at all. They've been on their own. Um, you know, There's a few examples of people in my past that I've worked with in this capacity. And I can tell you the feeling that you get when they look at you and say, hey, like I could have never done this without you. Uh, that that is probably worth more than any money you could ever receive, uh, especially when you see them take those words and turn them into actions and become something you know bigger than they were before. So uh, strive to be that person, you know, whether it's to a younger person, an older person, um, whoever, you know, just try to try to just be there. It doesn't mean you have to teach or show them things, but just sometimes just being there for people is is enough. And I think that gets lost, you know, a lot and it can really go a long way to help building the legacy that you want to leave. Uh, take care of your finances. You know, I've mentioned in previous ones, you know, we all, we all go through a rut. We all do make decisions that probably weren't the best financially, but we all have a chance for redemption. And I think it's a great goal for anybody by the time you get to the end of your life, that legacy is, you know, you leave a, a little bit of money to your kids, your spouse, whoever it is that's important to you and your family, to a charity, to your church, whoever it may be. But the last thing you want to do is be a burden on those people because that, I think that can really, you know, 
cause a, an issue with your legacy too. You know, oh, how could they have not thought of this? You know, <laughs> the other thing, and this might sound a little bit callous, but I've noticed this with a lot of younger people. When I say younger, I mean late 20s to early 50s, where on social media, something tragic happens like a car accident, uh, a plane crash, a heart attack, you know, some type of fast moving cancer. And people ask for a GoFundMe page because, and they write in there, I understand if it's for, you know, children and beyond life insurance, but so many people will write because we didn't have a life, they didn't have a life insurance policy. That to me is just completely irresponsible. Uh, you know, it's something that will cost you less than $50 a month for term, for a term policy more than likely. And, you know, I just cringe when I see that happen because we are not invincible. No one listening to this or me talking is invincible to something tragic happening to them. That's life. You know, as cold as that sounds, it's life. And I am a planner and I totally advise anybody I deal with that you need to plan. If you take anything from this legacy talk, other than being a good person, I would take, go get a life insurance policy if you don't have one. Because I truly do think it's irresponsible that other people should have to take care of your family instead of you taking the initiative to set that up. If you set that up, it's going to get people to where they need to be and help take care of them in a really painful time, short term. So, you know, do things like that. Take care of your finances, have a plan, get life insurance. So you have that. It makes a huge difference. Uh, my next one is don't be ordinary. Too many people, too many people. And, and, and I think, you know, I've caught myself going down this rabbit hole at times too. We get in the groove of life and that groove of life just wears us down until we are just ordinary. It, 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 a very interesting exercise. You know, people don't really read like print newspapers anymore, but go online and read obituaries. And at the end of the exercise, tell me the people that seemed the most interesting to you and the people that seem like maybe they wish they lived a different life. It's overwhelming to me, the amount of people that I read that it seems like maybe they wished they lived a different life. You know, there's there's things in there that it's almost like when I die, I don't want my obituary to read like, oh, he was born here. He did this work. He had a few kids, a couple of kids. He was married to his wife and he'll be buried here. I mean, I want to have some interesting things in there to show how passionate that I was about life and the type of legacy that I wanted to leave on everybody, you know, and maybe that's, you know, I guarantee you my journey has been through successes and failures and aspirations and all different types of things that have led me to where I am. And I'm, I don't even think I'm scratching the surface of where I want to be with my life at this point. So don't be ordinary, you know, and, and I challenge you, you know, after you get done reading those obituaries, write yours out right now. If you were to die, what, and what does it say? And what does that say about you? And, and I don't mean it from a perspective of the accomplishments that you've had, but what have you tried? And I think that's the key word. Try it. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does work, who knows where it leads, but try it. It doesn't have to be a laundry list of accomplishments. It doesn't have to be 
you comparing yourself to a million people, but what makes you unique? And from that unique skill set, where are you going to take that and drive it to lead that life that you want to live and and put the sum of all those parts together? I mean, I just think, you know, if you were to write that out right now and it seems pretty ordinary and you know that there's a number of different things that you've always wanted to do, but you've never done them. I'm not saying to do all of them at once, but now's the time to do it. Nothing, nothing is promised. You know, people come out with quotes every single day. You know, the rent is due every day. Uh, I can't disagree. You know, I mean, we're only as good as our, as the next thing that we try or accomplish or goal we set. Uh, and it can be humbling, but at the same time, you know, that I think is what makes life so colorful and fun and, you know, and that's where learning experiences are born. If you're just going to sit and do the mundane every single day, you know, look at a guy like Dick Hoyt. D- Dick didn't sit back. He he didn't sit back and say, well, my son has a disability and I've been in the army and I'm just going to collect my, my uh, pension and see how each day comes. I mean, they looked for a new challenge every day. They And beyond that, I mean, they looked to inspire everybody. He was out there speaking as an inspirational speaker. He was out there, you know, doing whatever he could to give back beyond his son. So, I mean, I, I think that's what it's all about. I, and especially seeing what the world is like today. And when I say world, I, I really mean the United States. But, you know, the world really is a crazy place. I mean, everything is so divided politically, but even beyond politics. I mean, it's almost like we've really lost our way as a as a country. And it bothers me. It really does because I've lived all over this country. I love this country. I would do anything for it. But it's tough. <laughs> it's tough to watch, you know, people be so divisive and people not want to look out for others. I, I see it every day and I'm getting off topic, but I see it every day with how people drive and how people interact, you know, at a restaurant. And it's, there's something different than what I was accustomed to years ago. Uh, There's just a sense of entitlement that I think is wrong. And I think we owe it to our kids and our friends and our family, whoever, that we are better than that. And I think it comes back to those everyday interactions. All these things that we can do to help build that legacy, not just for ourselves, but for our families, for the social circles that we're in, for everybody that we touch their lives every day. I think we owe it to them, you know, to be the best that we could be. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, next weekend, I'm going to do an interesting podcast about if I could go back 20 years, what would be the main things that I would do differently? And, uh, and I think that will start a pretty interesting discussion. So, Uh, Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to the next podcast.